Hey everybody, welcome back to the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast. My name is JG Pasterjack. No music this week. I am on the road doing some uh, cool stuff on assignment, but uh, bringing you guys a podcast nonetheless. First one of 2016. Now we've been off for a while. Um, look, I'm a busy dude. That's that's just how it goes. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, um, write me a letter and complain and we'll... <laughs> throw it away uh anyway uh, thanks for coming back uh we got a very very cool interview for you guys today mr al unser jr uh he was a special guest judge at our 2015 dollar challenge um it, you know I, I i know the guy has been a controversial figure you know to, to put it mildly over over um you know the the latter part of his career and uh now into Sort of IndyCar retirement, um, and uh, and and now sort of coming out of retirement. So, you know, it 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 goes without saying that 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 the guy has had he's hit some rough patches in life, but he gets a bad rap because of that, and and maybe some of it's deserved, and and maybe some of it isn't. But to talk to the guy, you know, I've I've not met many people that own their past the way this guy does, and. I think it's a very cool thing. I mean, I think it's cool that he's obviously made some mistakes and he's obviously living with them and he's overcome that to, you know, maybe even become a better person for it. And to some extent, I think that's admirable. It certainly doesn't, you know, excuse anything, but look, we've all done stuff in our, in our past that, uh, we are maybe not proud of, and I, I think it takes a takes a special kind of person to you know own that, move past it, and use that to move on to the next phase of your life. And and that's exactly what this guy is doing. I mean, he he was absolutely one of the the most influential IndyCar drivers during during his career. I mean, he was he was from a family that's racing royalty. Um, you know, every nearly every single Unser made a name for him. So you know. It, it, how does it feel sitting around the dining room table at uh, Thanksgiving and like you know your your dad has one indie and your uncle has one indie and your cousins are 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 your competitors in the indie car series um you know, there's not many many racing families or or sports families in general that that have the kind of pedigree that these folks do and and um you know, it, it's neat to see him now because it seems like he's actually enjoying himself now in this sort of uh, less intense but more sort of passionate world of automobiles. You know, he just kind of has this cool job as an ambassador for a couple of different companies and um, goes out there and lives the life, man, and, and he's a cool dude. And I hope you guys enjoy this after we come back from the interview have a very cool announcement to make uh, regarding mr Allen jr and we will see you after that so uh off to albuquerque via satellite with mr al unser jr on the grassroots motorsports podcast here you go uh, who is i guess it's fair to say you're sort of in this new phase of of your career i mean you you come from one of america's you know premier motorsports families and and uh, you, you, you've sort of seen everything and done everything throughout your motorsports career, and, you, and you're in this sort of sort of new phase of, of your career now. And I don't want to use words like comeback or, or that because it's not really a comeback. It's just sort of this new sort of outlook on, on motorsports and this new perspective that you seem to be taking now. So I want to talk about that 
in a little bit, but I guess I, I first want to talk about, you know, the fact that you, you came from one of the great American sports families. Um, at what point in your life did you sort of realize that, hey, my family is a little bit different than everybody else's family that I'm kind of growing up around <laughs> and, and with? And, you know, uh -huh. what, 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 what was your first sort of inkling? You know, did the, the other kids at school not smell like methanol every day? What was, what was your first clue? Oh, what was that's going funny. On? <laughs> um, really, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, uh, my dad was an Indy 500 uh, champion and, and, uh, you know, just, I didn't, I didn't really know any different, you know, I just, I just thought that that was, you know, the, the way things were and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, it wasn't until I got older that, that I started realizing, you know, who and what he, he had become and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and so, um, you know, I guess it happened, you know, at an early age, I was I was racing go karts when I was nine years old, and I guess that's where it really started that that my dad is different and and that sort of thing. And uh, so, uh, you know, racing uh, I seem to take to it very easily, and uh, and enjoyed it, loved it, and so we just kept going. And obviously, when you come from that background, it sort of makes it easier to get into that world. But it sounds like there was interest to begin with. Was there, was there pressure, or was there support, or was there encouragement? How was how how was your first forays? You know, were you given the opportunity, or did you did you grab the opportunity? Well, I was I was given the opportunity. You know, I was born into the into the family, and and. Uh, and they loved racing, and they, you know, my father had been born into it too. You know, um, my grandpa, he he loved racing at Pikes Peak, and so uh, he raised his boys to do that. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, I was it was definitely given to me, and once it was given to me, then I grabbed a hold and did not let go let's put it that way <laughs> and it obviously had a had a great deal of success i mean I, I think between between you guys and the andrettis you know those are probably the two prime sort of racing families are, are what's what's your relationship like with them is there a lot of common bond there being being a big race family, or have you had a chance to, to sort of meet any other big you know, have you ever talked to the mannings about what it's like to come from a uh, a sports family are there are there sort of common <laughs> threads that that flow throughout these families no not really i mean uh you know the andrattis and the answers they're 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 definitely in the same timeline uh you know michael is uh i think six months uh younger than i am or older than i am i i don't know which one but uh we're direct contemporaries, you know, we, we grew up in, in racing and that sort of thing. And so, uh, you know, my dad and, and his dad were teammates, uh, in the early seventies. And, and so, um, you know, uh, yeah, the Andretti's and the answers were, were very close in, in the way that they, uh, that they, that they, uh, came up through racing. So when, when you started to, sort of developed some professional success now your first major championship was a can-am championship and, and you would you would run v's and atlantics and and stuff like that before but i think your first big high profile was 
Can-Am in 82. Is that correct? Uh, I would say so, yes. Yeah, and, 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 and then on to, what, two IndyCar championships, two Indy wins. Um, it is... You were and you were heavily linked with 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 Penske through a lot of those. What what was I mean was was there a high point in there? Was was it was it the first Indy win or or was was there was there a hump that after you you got over it you felt like okay I've I've really arrived in this world. What, what was what was your your path through the professional ranks like? Um, I guess it was uh, it was it happened really early in my career. In the Indy cars, uh, my third season racing, I lost the the car championship to my dad by one point. That had to make and... uh, Thanksgiving an interesting dinner. <laughs> well, not for him; he was all super happy. <laughs> but no, honestly, the the entire family was happy because you know we went to the last race of the season and. Only myself or my dad could win the championship. Everyone else was was mathematically out of it. So uh, it was a wonderful time. It was a wonderful race. Um, you know, uh, I just fell short a little bit, but you know that that's how things go. And but to answer your question, I think it was right then that that you know we we got over the hump. I won. Uh, I think four races that season, and and so uh, to be in the the championship hunt at the end of the year, you know, was was we were very proud of that, and so uh, you know, the, I guess that would be where we got over the hump that we're going to be in Indy cars. We can do it. We can be successful at it, and uh, and so that's pretty much when it happened, I guess. And and was that sort of always the draw for you? Was was the Indy cars? I mean, I know you've you've flirted with some other stuff at various points and of course you know your your cousin Robbie is synonymous with Pikes Peak and and uh and you know doing off-road and, and various things but you always seem to have been linked with the Indy cars I know you've done a little bit of sports car stuff but was there any other thing that was drawing you or was was Indy really kind of the major draw no, because when yeah. yeah when when you were doing it was the the peak of popularity of of, of that that series and Right, right, yeah. The, it was it was always about Indy, you know. I uh, I did do other races, you know. I did the IROC uh, series for quite some time. I I went down and drove uh, for Al Holbert in uh, in the Lowenbrow Porsche at Daytona, twenty four hours, and and was successful at that. But all of that was was to be a better race car driver at the Indy five hundred. You know, my my whole world surrounded. It was all about the 500 at Indianapolis. So even even during a kart season, you were sort of either recovering from the 500 or preparing for it at that point. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, is, 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 what's I mean, what's your sort of mental game getting ready for that? Because obviously, you got you have a few races before Indy comes along, um, in in the season, and then you've got basically the entire month of May to both mentally and physically prepare for that. What's, what's your, what's your game plan going into an, to an indie month as a, as a, as a driver or, or, or when does indie month actually start for a, for, for an indie car driver? Well, today is a little bit different from, from when we were doing it, that they've shortened up the month into uh, two weeks. 
you know. Um, but when when I was running it, you know, it was the the whole month of May. There was there was uh, four weeks of practice and and so on. And so, uh, you know, you you went into it and and just took day by day and uh, and tried to make your car better. Um, and then when there was days that you were that whatever changes you tried it it didn't work you know you you just had to let those days go and 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 each day was a new day and and you would uh you'd go into it and and just try to uh try to be number 1 at the end of the race on race day you know uh a lot of guys get get suckered into being fast in practice and that sort of thing and and all that's good uh, if it's easy, but you know uh, a lot of guys tend to overdrive their cars and and end up stepping uh, over the the line and and uh, and having a crash and something like that. And if you do that, then then it really hurts the whole effort during the, during practice and and the, the whole effort for the race and preparation for the race. So so you need to be careful on on what you did. It, at Indy and just take your steps really slow and uh, and try to top out on race day. So in in the era that you were you were competing in, and, and it was a it was a broad era. You you, you probably saw you know a, a lot of changes, especially in 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 aero technology throughout the years. Were there any years that sort of stick out as as being particularly you know where the where where the cars were particularly raceable, where where there was there was a you know a greater deal of maybe skill or, or or cunning or a combination of the two that that you know sort of sort of right, required right. To, were there anything that really really leaps out at you arrow wise through, throughout your history not not so much arrow wise uh but computer when uh the the data the the, the computer entered into the indy car um that was in like the mid 80s and uh you know uh it really um made the, the IndyCar take a jump in mechanically aero wise all that kind of stuff and and i think it was in 87 was uh when mario um had the the lola that just went so quick you know i think we were running you know like around two between 205 and 210 and then in 87 it kind of jumped up into the 215 to 220 bracket and uh and i i contribute that all to uh the all the the data acquisition that uh that was implemented on the indy cars you know the all of a sudden you could see the loads you could see the ride heights you could you could really see all that during the actual running of the car, and, and I think that uh, really was the, the the biggest leap in in technology and during my career. Oh sure, was, and plus uh, you know, the computer. All those guys that were telling their engineers, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going flat through turn one." We we found out what was actually true at that point. <laughs> maybe they were, and maybe <laughs> maybe they weren't. It did. Yeah, it it caught all the drivers out. You know, because the, the engineer would say. You know, are you flat? And he'd go, yes, I am. And and uh, he'd bring it up on his computer and go, oh, no, you got a little lift here and a little lift there. And so, uh, yeah, it it, it kind of took the human out of the car, 
at that point, you know, in, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, and and it, it was a great reality check for 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 drivers. You know, one of the great tools I think we have as drivers today is is that sort of objective um, measuring stick. And then, now, so speaking of of the human well, factor, you know, you you were yeah, out there. Well, it, it yeah. actually, you know, it, it you were able to uh, one of the biggest things that, that you were able to do was the veteran driver who was out there going fast, and then you have the rookie teammate let's say and he's struggling a little bit and then you know he's learning his way around the speedway and the, and all the tracks for that matter and um and then at the end of the practice session he could go and he could look and see what the veteran driver is actually doing and when that happened then it, the, the younger driver his learning curve just went straight up you know, he could just, he could see what gear you were in if you're at a road course, you know, how much brake you're using, all that kind of stuff. And and, uh, and it helped uh, the, the younger driver, you know, get quick right away. Well, and, and now you've been in a, in a position where you were both of those guys at various points in your career. I mean... Well, what, we all have been. Yeah. <laughs> it, what, we all have been. <laughs> was, was, was one bookend or the other more satisfying? I mean, probably the excitement came at the at the beginning and maybe the personal satisfaction came towards the end, but what, you know, what was it like making that transition then from, from the guy asking all the questions to the guy giving all the answers? Honestly, I don't know, you know. Uh... <laughs> It was a slow process, you know. It, it, it seems like, you know, time just went by so fast, you know, as, I'm, as I stand here now, 53 years old, and, and uh, you know, uh, I wished I was 21 again and, and, and asking all the questions, you know, and, and uh, have my, my career in front of me, you know, but, uh, but that's not the case. Well, so, but speaking of in front of you, you're, you're in this really kind of interesting phase of your career now where you've, you know, you, you were at our 2015 challenge, you were at the solo nationals, uh, you're working with, with Speedway and, and, and your, your cousin Robbie is as well. And, and you're working with, uh, Pulsar spark plugs and, and you're seeing sort of all of these different areas of, of motorsport that you maybe didn't get a chance to experience before. And, you know, just kind of watching you hang out at the challenge, I'm, I'm getting the impression that, that you're, you're having a pretty good time doing it. It seems like there's, you know, the, the pressure is maybe off a little bit and, and you're, you're having this chance to kind of stand back and, and, um, and in, enjoy this phase of your career a little bit. Is that, is that a pretty accurate, uh, assumption? That there? You're, yes, you are. You're very accurate about it. You know, I, uh, as far as the, the solo racing, you know, I, I finished second at the nationals this year. Uh, that was an area that was a, a, a type of racing that I just blew right through. You know, it wasn't even um, uh, on my dad's mind when I was young. You know, I, was, I went from go-karts straight to sprint cars on the ovals. And all of that was geared to go to the Indy 500 even in my dad when, when he was raising me. And so, um, you know, the, the, the solos is truly the grassroots of, of motorsports. It's, it's where drivers can get introduced to racing that 
uh, is extremely safe because you're out there and you have to maneuver through these cones and you can't knock any over or you get penalized. And so what, and you have to do it as fast as you possibly can. And so what that, what that really teaches is car feel and car control is what it really, really teaches. And, and, and it's such a safe environment with, uh, with the cones, you're, you're not out there racing another driver. So, you know, if you get in too deep and, and you skid through, you're just going to take down some cones. You're not going to take out another driver or you're not going to get into a wall at any kind of high speed or anything like that. So, so, um, you know, now with, uh, with, you know, let's be honest, I've been bitten by the bug long time ago of, of racing and, uh, and I love it. And this is this is a, a an area that uh, that is new to me now, you know, because we did go right through it, and uh, and so uh, I'm enjoying it. It's it's uh, it's good stuff. So as a as a driver, and, and you know, one thing that that people who sort of are are familiar with the solo community and and have been there for a long time, you know, they understand that that at the highest level of the sport, it's like anything else. The, the, the skill level of the drivers at the, at the, the pointy end of the sport is, is just as far, you know, away from the novices as a guy who's running Indy is away from a guy who's running formula Ford on a, on a local level. Um, you know, there's just a tremendous amount of skill at, at the pointy end of that sport. So what's your learning curve been like sort of adopting that? And, and a, you know, a, a second place finish at nationals is something that, that all of us aspire to, um, certainly. And, and the, the, you know, the woman that, uh, beat you, Mary, Mary, Mary Posey is a, a world-class, uh, autocrosser, obviously. And, and it was, you know, to your credit too, it was, it was close, but, you know, coming from basically being the, at the absolute top of your game in a different discipline, uh, what have you had to sort of learn or unlearn to, to start getting some success in, in, in this area of the sport? Well, actually, it, it um, it's extremely challenging to me because of the fact of, of I didn't really drive a lot of sedans when uh, when uh, I was racing. You know, the only time I got into to cars like that um, was the closest thing would be uh, the IROC car, you know, and and that's racing on a track. This is not racing on a track. This is. This is racing in a parking lot with cones, and the co- it's pretty narrow. It, uh, you know, and you got to go as fast as you can go. And so, you all the, the the all the basics, the fundamentals of racing are are there, and that's that's really what I've learned in in all the different types of race cars that I've driven. Uh, there are certain fundamentals that uh, that go. That, that they all share and and that you know the number one thing is the car you know your your car has to work right it has to run good it has to stop good you know it has to be able to turn very well and 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 uh, you know there's there's different levels of grip there's different levels of power there's different levels of braking and and so um the driver who's driving each one of those cars has to get the most out of what he has and you know that's really what 
what I learned even even during my career when I was running IROC, you know, the the people would ask me, you know, what are the differences and and well, you know, the the differences really are the performance level of the car and that's it. You know, they still have to run good. They like I said earlier and and so uh, you know, the the only real difference is is the driver's names. That's yeah, it. the the, the laws you know? of physics <laughs> pretty much stay the same yeah. the whole time. <laughs> That's right. So, That's so right. tell us a little bit about about sort of what you're doing now. What do you have a official job description now? I mean, you're you're sort of an an, an ambassador for, for 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 various phases of, of of the sport. But what's what's your sort of official designation at this at this point? Or, or, I don't or really do you know. Even know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, you know, I, I'm a spokesperson for for uh, uh, Polestar spark plugs. You know, I'm very proud of that. I'm very, they, they have a great spark plug, and you know, I, I hope that uh, that people listen in that they they do their research on it because it, it really is high tech and and it's innovative and uh, and it really works well in the cars. And so, uh, you know, that and and um, you know, running with my cousin Robbie and uh, and the autocrosses with uh, uh, Speedway Motors. I think that uh, you know we've been enjoying that. And and then other than that, you know, we've been trying to uh, to get our golf game a little bit better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so uh, really that's about it. I mean, uh, there's not a whole lot. Of, of stuff going on so. it, and it sounds like i mean and and you're a guy you've you experienced all the highs and, and all the lows and and you know the success and and you've fought some demons along the way and and you seem like a guy that's kind of found found some peace in a a semi-retirement here but still is kind of getting to to do what you love i mean being being somebody that 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 overcame some some hard times i mean what do you what do you what can you say to somebody who might, might be out there on the precipice, you know, at a point in their life where they're not really sure which, which way to go? I mean, there's, you know, the, the, there's a lot of folks that they can look at you as a real success story for somebody that's, that's you know, kind of kind of walked a, walked a tough path but came through it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, all I, all I really have to say is that uh you know it's, it's one day at a time um you know every day is a new day and and you know i had i had a lot i had a lot of challenges there and and uh you know it was uh it was tough going for me for a while and and it you know it's not as tough today but uh but it it, it still is you know those uh those those demons they they uh they don't go away completely. They just uh, they go in the background, and and uh, and really to uh, to keep them there, you know, you just got to keep looking forward and and believing that that everything's going to be okay, and uh, and you know that's kind of where I'm at today is is just you know uh, going forward. I got a I got a big event coming up next next weekend with uh, with the autocross with the good guys. Their, their year-end uh, championship is in Scottsdale on the 22nd of November, and, and we're looking forward to that. And so, uh, you know, we just keep going forward and, and, and making the best out of every every day because you never know what's going to come. 
during that day. And, and so, uh, you know, just keep a positive attitude that everything's going to be okay. Sounds like a sounds like a like, like a pretty strong outlook, man. Well, look, I'll 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 leave you with with one last question here, and and you know, watching you guys at at the challenge, I I really got the impression that you were having a good time listening to some of those stories and seeing some of those creations, <laughs> even though some of them were were a little terrifying. You know, let, let's <laughs> let's admit it. But but there there was also uh-huh. some you know, there's a lot of interesting solutions to to problems that nobody even knew they had. I think That's at events right. like that. What, That's right. What was what was your sort of what was your lasting impression of, of our signature event? You know, having having been to Indy and seen how how it's done on on that end, what's your impression of of how these guys are are getting along with with uh, two thousand dollars? Hey, it was it was great. It was a great impression. I had a great time down there. Uh, like you said, I saw some creations that, uh, honest to God, they were they were innovative. You know, for uh, for what. The, the parameters are in that in that uh, contest down there. Um, they got the most out of out of what uh, what they had, and that's what racing's all about is is getting the most out of what you have. And uh, and so uh, I truly enjoyed it. Uh, I thought uh, I thought a lot of the guys down there and gals did a, a fantastic job in in in. Uh, Bringing their 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 uh, very unique cars <laughs> to to the place, and and so it was uh, it was enjoyable, and and I look forward to uh, to coming next year. Cool, we we definitely appreciate it, and uh, thanks for thanks for taking the time, and you know as a as a as a fan of motorsport, and and uh, you know a, a fan of the people that made this sport great, it's very satisfying for me to see you know a, a, a guy like you get a chance to to enjoy himself at this point because that's really ultimately what you know what it's all about and 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 sometimes when it's your job you miss some of that stuff and uh it's it's exciting to see you you know in in so many various facets of of the sport now being being an ambassador for it so we definitely appreciate it um and uh thank you uh thanks very much for for being with us good luck with uh one more one more plug for the guys that um are 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 keeping you off the streets uh polestar and and speedway um, they, they are both very, very good supporters of uh, not only grassroots motorsports, they, they both uh, advertise in grassroots, but of the solo nationals and, and um, you know, of these sports. So, you know, it's nice to see them having, having an ambassador like, like you out there. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. You have a good rest of the day. Enjoy Albuquerque there. Thanks for being with us. We will uh, we'll see you again at the challenge and probably see you again somewhere before that. Thanks very much. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. There is Al Jr. back here in the studio. Uh, actually, the studio is a country inn in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, it's serving as a fine studio right now. I think you will agree. All right, uh, I said we had a cool announcement to make regarding um, Al Jr., and that is that he will be the Grand Marshal for the 2016 Speed Fest at the Classic Motorsports MIDI uh, Brazelton, Georgia, Road Atlanta, April 21st through 24th. Hopefully you are listening to this podcast before that date and you will be able to join us at the MIDI. Um, Al Jr. will be there as a Grand Marshal. Ford is the uh, featured mark and the uh, the Skid Pad Challenge is making a comeback this year at the MIDI after a very successful debut last year. If you've never been to a MIDI, it is definitely one of those events that you need to put on on your list um obviously we're there because 
we put the event on and we work there, but it's one of those events that if we didn't work there, we would still be at the MIDI because it's that cool. Um, it HSR is uh, such an amazing group. People think of vintage racing as as um, you know old cars, and while there is a lot of that, I mean, there's there's lots of great stuff from the fifties and sixties and and early seventies. There's also lots of great stuff from the near past too that you don't get to see anymore because for whatever reason, you know, when a when a when a Le Mans type car or um, you know, a, a name's a prototype is two, three, four years old. It's obsolete, but it's still around, and somebody's got to do something with it. So you, that's where you see these cars is on the historic racing circuit, and it's so cool to see. Um, I mean, they get the, the the mini has a GTP field as big as anything that IMSA had during its heyday. Uh, classic Trans Am cars, IMSA cars, GTO, GTU, GTP cars. Um, you know, the uh, Kelly American cars, all that really cool stuff from the 80s and 90s. Uh, we've been starting to see some some Firehawk cars and some, uh, some Motorola Cup cars sneak into uh, the historic racing ranks. So it's a very, very cool event. It's your chance to get just absolutely up close and personal with those cars. And it's your chance to spend a few days at uh, one of the most beautiful tracks in America, which is Road, which is Road Atlanta, and come to our Speed Fest where we're always doing lots of cool magazine stuff. Um, we always have you know displays going on and demonstrations and and all sorts of stuff so get your tickets for the midi uh, you can go to classicmotorsports.com and tickets will be on sale if not uh, already then very very soon uh grassrootsmotorsports.com if you want to subscribe to our magazine and uh, classicmotorsports.com.com uh, get your get your mini tickets subscribe to that magazine and come back and see us on the podcast um whenever i can get one done actually i've got a <laughs> two extremely cool ones uh sort of almost in the can right now that uh, are going to be coming out in the next month that i think you guys are going to really enjoy so once again uh no music this month i am jg pastor jack you are the finest audience in the history of podcasting thanks to al jr for being on this week we will see you next time